Hey there, everyone. This is Greg Schutz for ReadyForTheDraft.com, and this is the Ready for the Draft podcast. This is going to be the last of the Rapid Fire Positional Breakdown podcast, bringing you the secondary cornerbacks and safeties in advance of the NFL Draft, which is set to begin this Thursday, April 25th, Nashville, Tennessee. We've broken down the entire offensive side of the ball. The last two podcasts cover the defensive line and linebackers. Got to talk about the back end of the defense. And uh, you know, then the next podcast that I'll be releasing tomorrow will go over my final mock draft. Uh, take a look at that first round. What exactly is going to happen? There's going to be a lot of wild stuff going on. Um, are the Cardinals going to take Kyler Murray? Where's Dwayne Haskins going to go? Everyone thinks Dave Gettleman is going to go with a defensive player. Uh, at the top of the round, um, I'll tell you what. You know, if I'm looking at it just strictly based on, based on the the you know the top players in the draft, I think you know you've got Kyler Murray one, Bosa two to the 49ers, Josh Allen to the Jets, Oakland takes Quinton Williams at five. Bucks take Devin White at six. The Giants don't go quarterback just yet. They take Ed Oliver, and I'll explain why tomorrow. At seven, if the Jags don't trade down, they take TJ Hawkinson. You know, I think that's the pick if they stay at number seven. At number eight, Montez Sweat going to the Lions. Finally shore up that, that pass rush. Nine, Jonah Williams going to the Bills, and a 10, Devin Bush going to the Broncos. Where are the other quarterbacks? Well, I, I anticipate the Redskins are going to trade up with someone. Not sure who it's going to be just yet. Uh, possibly the Jags if they're looking to get that tackle. Um, uh, possibly Detroit, um, You know if they think they can still trade down and, and get uh, value. Um, possibly even Buffalo. If, if there's a guy that they covet that they can get later on, you know, possibly a defensive tackle to replace Kyle Williams. Uh, but I think Washington trades up and gets a quarterback, uh, whether it's um, Dwayne Haskins or uh, Drew Locke. Um, I think Miami right now, it sounds like they're kicking the tires on Josh Rosen. Uh, that might be the direction that they're headed. I think the Giants ultimately trade up and get Dwayne Haskins. I, I think they're going to uh, take Ed Oliver and then – uh, look to trade back up. You know, look, Cincinnati sitting there at number 11. They're the other, the X factor. You may have to trade up and get ahead of them as well in order to get the quarterback that you need. Now, look, I mean, you know, the thing that's really wild is the Giants, if, you know, you can sit there and get a pass rusher at 17. Brian Burns may be available there. Uh, Cleland Furl absolutely is going to be there. Um, you know, Rashawn Gary might potentially be there as well. So you don't have to, because of the depth of the defensive line, you don't have to take a pass rusher there at number six. You're talking about an elite pass rusher. Cleland Furl, um, you know, was a pretty darn good pass rusher there for uh, for Clemson. And, and that's one of the things that I look at when I was mocking, you know, putting together my mock draft. You need a quarterback. Do you really think Daniel Jones is going to be the guy? I don't see Daniel Jones being a franchise quarterback. I just don't see it. You know, he did have some flashes. He had a really a, a huge game, especially in the bowl game. But again, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Two interceptions, poor decision making. At the end of the day, that bad decision making, I don't care what you say about you know, being able to, to see the field or what have you. At the end of the day, if you're trying to force it where it doesn't need to be, especially if you're rolling out and you're throwing the ball late you know, across your body over the middle, that's getting yourself into trouble. Just throw the ball away. 
Um, but uh, I, I digress. We're here to talk about the secondary. Um, so we'll jump into the cornerbacks. We got corners and safeties. We got a lot of guys to talk about. Um, so when we're looking at the cornerback position, um, you know, we, we talk about since you know 20, you know 2011, uh, we had three cornerbacks taken in the first round: uh, Patrick Peterson, Prince of Mukamara, Jimmy Smith. Uh, 2012, another three: Morris Claiborne, Stephon Gilmore, Drake Patrick. Uh, 2013, we have four. You know, Dean Milliner, DJ Hayden was kind of a surprise. Uh, Desmond Trufant, Xavier Rhodes. 2014, fast forward, we get five. Justin Gilbert, uh, Kyle Fuller, uh, Darquez Denard, uh, Jason Ver- uh, Verrett, and Bradley Roby. 2015, another four. Trey Waynes, Kevin Johnson, Marcus Peters, Byron Jones, you know, also safety. Um, 2016, another five. Jalen Ramsey, Eli Applevray, William Jackson III, Artie Burns, 2017, another five. Marcus Lattimore, uh, Marlon Humphrey, Adoree Jackson, Garyon Conley, and Tredavious White. And then 2018, we went back down to three with, with Desmond Ward, um, Jair Alexander, and, and Mike Hughes. Now, looking at the last four drafts, you know, uh, you, you look at some of the value um, you know, in, in 2015, Ronald Darby, Stephen, uh, taken in, in the second round, Stephen Nelson in, in round three. So a couple of nice gets there on, on day two, uh, 2016, uh, you know, Xavier Howard, James Bradbury, both starters there coming out of the second round, Kendall Fuller, Daryl Worley taken in round number three, uh, 2017, uh, you know, this was kind of a, a loaded draft in terms of the corners. Obviously, you know, you had, um, Lattimore who a lot, a lot of people thought were going, he was going to be, a um, you know, a, a top 10 pick wound up going number, I believe it was 13 overall to the saints. Um, but second round, Kevin King, Sidney Jones, Quincy Wilson, who's p- played well for the Colts. Tease Tabor is going to go ahead and get the first, uh, first crack at the, the starting job in Detroit. And then Shadobi Awuzier. Third round, Akella Willerspoon starting for the 49ers. Fabian Moreau in, in Washington. Uh, Shaquille Griffin uh, starting for Seattle. Jordan Lewis, Rasul Douglas getting playing time there for the Eagles. And then in the fifth round, when you talk about corners and you're looking for guys with that production, you know you may not have the, the measurables. Demonte Casey, Desmond King, two guys that were smaller on the small side. Desmond King was actually a, a Thorpe Award winner, and uh, you see what they're doing there at the at the next level. Uh, Casey and King both uh, making making plays all over the field. Um, now this past year, you know Josh Jackson. A lot of people thought he was going to be a first round pick. He fell to round two. Dante Jackson, a steal for the Panthers. Isaiah Oliver is going to start there in uh, Atlanta now that Robert Alford's gone. Uh, and then Carlton Davis, a big physical corner there for the Bucks. Round number three, Isaac Yadam, I think might still have a chance there in Denver. Uh, fourth round, Avante Maddox. You know, I, I thought he was a you know a, an undersized corner who's who's played well. Uh, fifth round, DJ Reed, a, a slot corner, also played some safety. And then Trey Flowers. How about this? A guy going to Seattle. He was at Oklahoma State, played safety, and because of his length, because of his size, Pete Carroll. Kicks him, kicks him outside to, to the cornerback position. We actually have a safety that's probably going to be a corner and a corner who's probably going to be a safety. And they both played for the same college, USC. You know, so we'll be talking about that here in, in just a little bit. Uh, so how many corners are coming off the board in round number one this year? You know, this is a draft. You know, I look at the the, the corners and 
you know, it, it's not a, a top-heavy draft. You know, I think we're probably going to have three corners taken in round number one. Um, and then when you're looking at the, the first day, I'm sorry, the, the, the first two days of the draft, you know, you could have, you know, I'm looking through my my list here. I'm, I'm thinking probably, probably eight corners, more than likely, maybe nine if Jamel Dean sneaks up in there. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how, how everything unfolds, but, um, you know, I, I think really when we get into my top 10, my number one corner is DeAndre Baker, 5'11", 193 pounds, senior out of Georgia, ran a 4.52 at the combine. You know, this is a guy who, uh, you know, decent length, you know, 32-inch arms, um, you know, seven interceptions in his career, 23 pass breakups, um, but, but here's the deal um, with, with, with Baker. Um, you know, this is, you know, what's so impressive is he went 28 straight games without allowing a, allowing a touchdown. And uh, in 2018, according to Pro Football Focus, only allowed 10 first downs the entire season. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, you know, the last time he actually gave up a touchdown to a receiver um, was in the 2016 Liberty Bowl. Just absolutely ridiculous ball skills, um, you know, and and just a lockdown corner out there on the outside. SEC's top receivers saw them week in and week out. Here's how they did. <laughs> uh, Vandy wideout, uh, Kalijah Lipscomb, who I think has a chance to uh, be an NFL receiver, caught just two passes for 60, uh, 16 yards. Van Jefferson, the speedy receiver at Florida, the son of uh, Sean Jefferson, held without a catch. Debo Samuel. We talked about him, you know, very, you know, very good route runner, sudden, uh, managed to get two pass interference calls on Baker, hauled in six passes, but only able to get rack up 33 yards. And you want to talk about a guy who was really frustrated throughout that game. Auburn's vertical threat, Darius Slayton, held to just one catch, eight yards. And even the highly touted Jerry Judy of Alabama manages two catches for 14 yards against Baker. He will lock you down on the outside. And I think that's what makes him a, a valuable commodity at the next level. Definition of a press corner looks to jam the receiver and, and get close on his man during his release. Does an excellent job getting his hands on the wideout to disrupt the timing of the route. Not a burner, like I said, with a four-five-two forty, but he plays much faster than the time time speed. Fluid hips does a great job uh, getting on top of the route to cut the man off. Instincts are exceptional with the route recognition. Reads the quarterback's eyes and off coverage. Plants, drives on the ball, gets a hand in as well. Willing tackler, uh, able to come up, wrap up in the open field. I think maybe his weakness is, is probably that lack of size. Um, you know, does need to add some bulk. Um, also tends to grab the receiver, which will tend to uh, to cause some of those penalties. That's really what happened against Debo Samuel. Um, you know, a couple of those pass interference plays. But you look at that overall body of work over the last couple of seasons, and Baker may really have been the best uh, in terms of shutting down the opposition's best wideout. Uh, so to me, I've, I've got Baker going number twenty overall to the Steelers. Steelers have a you know kind of a logjam there at the at the cornerback position. It's uh, to, to some degree you've got Joe Hayden there with Stephen Nelson coming in from the Chiefs, but they need another another uh, corner and uh, you know a guy playing like uh, DeAndre Baker, you know especially. You know, with some of the the teams that they're going to be seeing um, there in the in the AFC North and just the AFC in general, I think adding Baker makes a lot of sense for them. Number two on my list, Byron Murphy out of Washington, the redshirt sophomore, 5'11", 190 pounds. Another you know guy who's not really a burner, just ran a four five five forty at the combine, but uh, 
you know, someone who has excellent ball skills, you know, six interceptions, 20 pass breakups in just two seasons with the Huskies. Um, now, when you look at him, um, you know, it, it's one of those things. I, I think he's still a, you know, a, a body of work, um, you know, still or a work in progress, I should say, uh, because of the fact that, you know, he does, he does fall to, you know, um, you know, eyes fall into the backfield um, and bail, te- bail technique, quarterback fakes a pass. Um, you know, this, uh, this was against UCLA, took those false steps forward. And then the quarterback hit the receiver over the top and he was unable to recover. So I, I think it's one of those things, you know, you, there, there are those plays where you're looking at it going, you know what? Um, he, he can get beaten over the top. Um, he also will panic when trailing the receiver tends to grab and hold, um, because he isn't a burner. Um, but man, you know, his, uh, his game in the Fiesta Bowl against Penn State as a freshman racked up seven tackles, two for loss, a sack to go with picking off a pass in the end zone. Um, really had a, a great year, um, and then you know as a, was an All American in 2018. Um, four passes uh, picked off, one that he returned for touchdown, 30, 13 pass breakups as well. Um, you know, I, I think what he does, you know, what what makes him so special is the superior instincts. You know, he's not the biggest guy, like I said, but, you know, the instincts make him one of the better ball hawks in this year's draft. You know, does an excellent job with route recognition, puts himself in a position to make a play on the ball as a result of that. Uh, very patient when he's square to the receiver, doesn't open up until the receiver actually commits. Let's, let's him make the first move, um, which is really, you know, nice to see, uh, especially out of a young corner. Um, does a great job reading the quarterback's eyes, will drive quickly on the football, like, you know, may not get good depth in his back pedal does, but he does have fluid hips to turn and run with the receiver, um, natural ball skills. Um, you know, he was an all American receiver in high school. So, you know, he, he has that plus the route recognition as well. Uh, also seems to be at his best when the lights are brightest, you know, in addition to that field, uh, the Fiesta bowl performance that I talked about, he was named pac 12 championship MVP after picking off two passes, including one, that one that was, I talked about returning a, a pick, you know, Having a pick six, that was in that game. Took it 66 yards to the house, um, you know, in Washington's win over Utah. Uh, since Murphy, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think he's the most instinctive cornerback in this year's draft. Should be an immediate starter at the next level. Um, you know, I think the Chiefs are a team that, that could definitely utilize him. Um, if the Raiders want to go defense. Uh, and and look at a, a corner. I think that's a possibility. Um, I think Byron Murphy is going to come off the board somewhere in the twenties, and uh, a guy who I, I think could be a starter right away. And uh, you know, again, the instincts will make up for you know some of the lack of overall uh, um, physicality and, and and some of the numbers there. Number three, Greedy Williams. 6'2", 185, redshirt sophomore, burst onto the scene as a true freshman uh, with six interceptions and 10 pass breakups. Um, you know, I, I thought that the film as a freshman just really, you saw the ball skills, you saw the length, um, his ability to recover and make plays. Ran a 4.3740 at the combine, by the way. So in terms of his recovery speed, um, it's absolutely there. Um, as a sophomore, you know, he, he tended to, you know, he regressed, I thought, a little bit. You know, he he was repeatedly beaten inside when off coverage, uh, a l- late to arrive to to make a play on the ball. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, he's 
smooth when he's in phase, but he has a tendency to grab receivers, uh, gets hands, he doesn't trust his feet, um, you know, and, and struggles to really get his head around to locate the football as well. Um, you know, I think he plays the the wide receiver's arms well, but he doesn't always track the ball in the air. So he he left some some pass breakups or potential interceptions out there. Um on the field still had two interceptions, nine pass breakups. And, uh, you know, he's just a smooth athlete on the outside, rare length for the position. Um, you know, he really likes to play up on the line of scrimmage though. Um, he'll often bail, uh, drop into bail technique to take advantage of that closing speed. Very patient and press coverage also allows that receiver to commit before really turning and running with the receiver possesses quick feet in his back pedal, fluid hips to turn and run with the wide receiver does a good job mirroring the receiver throughout the route. Uh, usually in phase, running stride for stride with his man, putting himself in perfect position to make a play on the ball. Uh, does a good job squeezing the receiver to the sideline, really forcing that per- perfect pass to the outside. Understands when he has safety help over the top so he can get more aggressive reading the quarterback eyes, uh, which allows him to undercut the route and make plays on the football. Um, you know, Against Georgia, you know, Riley Ridley had greedy beat. On a, on a 21-yard post to the to the end zone. Allowed him to get inside him, um, but he didn't panic. You know, the recovery speed, like I was speaking about earlier, uh, you know, he was able to get inside Ridley and uh, close quickly and elevate and tip the pass away um, just all in one motion. Just so uh, so smooth, able to just get out there and, and knock that pass away. Um, lacks bulk, struggles to get off blocks on the perimeter, and uh, this is also a guy who, um, you know, he, he's not... Not a formid- uh, not a fun- fundamentally sound tackler. Doesn't really like to tackle either. Um, re- you know, results in a lot of missed tackles when he does actually arrive at the ball carrier. Um, doesn't always take the appropriate angles as well. Just seems a little disinterested in uh, in tackling, which you know you're going to have to have that out there um, on the edge. But uh, nevertheless, he's definitely a, a playmaker and a guy who I think will go in round one. Although I don't think it's going to be quite as high as uh, you know everyone is. Uh, was expecting initially. At one point, he was pegged as a a top 10 pick. And I I think as people went through and and took a look at at, at the film and and really graded him out, um, he's more of a a late one uh, when it's all said and done. But the athleticism is absolutely there. Number four on the list, a guy who only played one year of FBS um, competition, and that's Rock Yasin uh, out of Temple. Six foot, 192 pounds, uh, transferred in from Presbyterian for his senior season um, and ended up with 47 tackles, two interceptions, 12 pass breakups in that early season with the Owls. Strong, physical, has good length, um, you know, pretty good press cover, press cover corner, likes to get his hands on the receiver, knock him off the route. Uh, looks to really crowd the receiver and eliminate any separation. Um, pretty good feet, um, pretty decent hips to turn and run as well. Um, I think he's most impressive in his ability to drive on the football, make a play on the ball as well. Um, you know, aggressively attacks the catch point to disrupt the receiver's concentration. Um, again, one year of FBS experience, so there are some holes in his technique, uh, which allows him to give up some throws in front of him. But uh, you didn't really see him get beaten over the top. Uh, and Pro Football Focus noted that his longest reception given up was 17 yards. So again, that speaks to the fact that he doesn't get beat over the top, but you know he does uh, does give up quite a few throws on the interior of, of that. Granted, you know he's going to drive quickly and and uh, stop a guy uh, for no um, 
no yards after the catch. Ran a 4.5140 at the combine, 39 and a half inch vertical leap. Uh, so he's a pretty darn good athlete as well. Number five on my list is Julian Love out of Notre Dame. 5'11", 195 pounds, not ideal size um, for the cor- uh, the cornerback position, but the junior um, you know makes up for it. Again, you know another guy with tremendous ball skills and, and instincts. You know, a guy who know, really knows how to attack the football in the air as a sophomore, picked off three passes, returned uh, two of them for touchdown, also had 20 pass breakups, follows that up as an encore performance as a senior, or I'm sorry, as a junior, another interception, has a total of five in his career, by the way, uh, 16 pass breakups, and then uh, three forced fumble, I'm sorry, three fumble recoveries, one of which he returned for a touchdown, uh, ran a 4-5-4-40 at the combine, uh, 36-inch vertical leap, the thing for me when I look at Julian Love, I see a, a guy with with tremendous ball skills, and you know twenty one forced incompletions according to Pro Football Focus. This is a guy who who knows how to attack the ball in the air, and you want to have those guys on your team. You know you, you want to make sure that uh, you've got someone who um, just knows what to do when he arrives at the football. And uh, you know I think he's an intelligent player and uh, a guy who you know is probably going to end up lining up in the slot. Um, but, uh, you know, again, a guy who has tremendous, tremendous ball skills, Michigan's David long, 5'11, 196 pounds, another junior, just two years of action there, um, for the Wolverines, uh, three interceptions, 12 pass breakups. Here's the thing that, that pro football focus noted 29%, uh, catch rate was the lowest among the corners uh, and just gave up 18 receptions on 595 pass snaps in his career. Um, so tremendous uh, ability, you know, as a cover corner, uh, ran a 4-4-5-40 at the combine, 39 and a half inch vertical leap. So he's a really good athlete as well. Ran a 6-4-5 three cone drill. So uh, a, a guy who can sink his hips and get in and out of cuts. Uh, the biggest thing that I see for him that he needs to work on is trust in his feet because he gets so handsy at times, and if he's if he's trailing a receiver, um, he ends up grabbing and holding, and he'll get called for pass interference. And uh, I think he, both he and Lavert Hill at, at Michigan, um, they just seem to you know if they were starting to get beat or a guy started to separate, they start grabbing. You know this guy has the closing speed to make plays on the football. He didn't need to do that. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I thought was a little frustrating when I watched David Long play. But, you know, there's no question you can't argue with that 29 percent receiver, you know, receiving rate. You you just can't. Um, You know, that's that's tremendous. And, uh, you know, a guy again, you know, second, third round range, I think makes a lot of sense for, for David Long. Uh, number seven on my list, Justin Lane out of Michigan State, 6'2", 192 pounds. This is a kid who came to Michigan State as a wide receiver uh, last two seasons, uh, really stepped up as a corner, um, really put it all together uh, his final season. Uh, 72 tackles, um, you know, had an interception, 15 pass breakups, a total of 24 in his career. Had uh, Saw some time at receiver as well. I think 36 snaps, if I want to say um, – with it, but a, a guy who has really good length, you know, 33 inch arms, he's 6'2, um, 
allows him to uh, to make plays on the football, but you know the the route recognition, uh, putting himself in a position to make a play on the ball, you know that translates there with the receiver. And then he also has the the ball skills of a wide receiver as well. Um, he's a guy that you know again he's new to the position, so he's going to need some time to develop. But uh, the talent is you can't argue with the talent. Second, third round range makes perfect sense to me with Justin Lane, Amani Oruwariye. Out of Penn State, 6'2", 205, um, you know, good size, ran pretty well at the combine as well with a 4'4", 740, uh, 36 and a half inch vertical leap. So he's a pretty explosive athlete. But here's the thing with uh, with Oruwariye. As a reserve corner, you know, he was backing up uh, Grant Haley, I want to say. Four interceptions and seven pass breakups in a reserve role as a junior. He was my favorite player on Penn State, uh, you know, defensively, and he wasn't even a starter. He comes in, starts as a senior, uh, another three interceptions. He's got eight in his career, 20 uh, total pass breakups, had 11 there in uh, in 2018. And, you know, he's just, he's an intelligent player, high football IQ, um, you know, and a guy who, you know, again, needs to trust his, trust his feet, you know, a little bit, you know, it's, Lay off the hands, uh, not, not get so handsy, but, um, you know, Oruwariye is a guy, to me, um, put him there on the second day, pencil him in, and a guy who I think could be starting, you know, at the next level within uh, the next couple of years. Number nine on my list, um, you know, Sean Bunting, Central Michigan, six foot, 195 pounds, a junior coming out after three seasons with the Chippewas, ran a 4-4-2-40 at the combine, 41.5-inch vertical leap, so a tremendous athlete, but the ball skills. Again, nine interceptions, 15 pass breakups, and oh yeah, he also had four forced fumbles. So he knows what to do when he arrives at the at the football. Um, you know, pretty good athlete. Um, and, and Pro Football Focus noted just 17 receptions on 374 pass snaps. So a guy who knows how to um, you know knows how to cover and uh, can make some plays. Now we're getting to maybe my favorite corner in the entire draft, and that's Jimmy Moreland. You know, 5'10", 194. 94 pounds, not the biggest guy by any means, but you want to talk about a guy who makes some plays. That's you know that's really what uh, what defines Jimmy Moreland as a as a a corner. So when we're talking about Jimmy Moreland, this is a guy who racked up 18 interceptions in his career. You know the highest was eight in 2017. And uh, the pass breakups, holy cow! Now he's playing opposite Rashad Robinson, who was a pretty pretty good corner in his own right, and uh, a guy who went down to a to a knee injury. But uh, sixty three pass breakups in his in his career. You know, six fumble recoveries. Really knows what to do when he gets to the football, and you know, very physical. You know, a guy who's only five ten. You know, pretty physical corner. Uh, main plays behind the line of scrimmage, 12 tackles for loss, including seven and a half uh, his senior season. Didn't get an invite to the combine. I have no idea why, um, because this is a kid, to me, um, who can be a starter at the next level. And I, I think Jimmy Moreland is going to be one of those guys that we talk about as, you know, where what were we thinking? Why why didn't this guy get drafted sooner? 
Um, you know, I, I think he's one of those guys that uh, the ball skills are evident, and he's just the guy you don't want to throw his way because he knows uh, knows how to make a play on the football. Um, number eleven, Isaiah Johnson out of Houston, six two two zero eight. Um, tremendous athlete, ran a 4-4-40 at the combine, 36-and-a-half-inch vertical leap, uh, 6-8-1, three-cone drill. So a guy, you know, for his size can sink his hips pretty well. He was a receiver uh, for the Cougars until his junior season. Um, you know, still managed four interceptions, 12 pass breakups. Um, a, a guy, again, tremendous length, 33-inch arms, and uh, he looks like a, a Seattle cornerback, you know, if there ever was one. Still new to the position, but an ascending player, a guy who just continues to develop and, uh, you know, a guy to keep an eye on here in the next next few years. Um, I mentioned Jamel Dean, um, 6'1", 206, the Auburn junior um, you know, two interceptions in his career, 17 pass breakups, uh, four and a half total tackles for loss. Tremendous athlete as well. Ran a 4-3-40 at the combine, 41-inch vertical leap. You know, this is a guy who was playing with uh, you know, a, a, a club on his hand for, for a time there for, for the Tigers. Broke his hand and uh, still... Um, you know, hung in there and, and played, you know, picked off a couple of passes at his junior season. Um, you know, the one thing you look at, you know, that, that three-cone drill, you know, a lot of straight-line speed, but that three-cone drill just ran a 702. Um, you know, the, so, you know, you wonder, you know, does he have some stiffness or, you know, is he just a vertical guy? Does he have some stiffness? That's something that teams, you know, obviously will be paying attention to, um, you know, in his individual workouts and his pro day. Um, but you know, four three forty, you can't argue with speed. Number thirteen, Lonnie Johnson, six two, two hundred thirteen pounds, out of Kentucky, a big corner. Um, you know, played two seasons there for the Wildcats. Just picked off one pass, uh, nine pass breakups. Uh, but did you know, ran a four five two forty at the combine, thirty eight inch vertical leap. You know, the thing with Lonnie Johnson. You know, I think the size, people really fall in love with the size. Um, he's got just under 33-inch arms as well. Pretty good length. But, you know, the, the fact is, is, you know, not a, not a ton of ball, you know, um, not, a, not a ton of plays on the ball, on the football. Um, you know, and that's something that has to be concerning. You know, you, you have to worry a little bit about that. Um, you know, a, a guy who, you know, Pretty good leaper, like I said, 38-inch vertical leap, but there are receivers that were still, you know, out-leaping him. And, uh, you know, that's part of his game is to be a, a big corner. And, uh, you know, I, I, that's one of the things I worry about. Does he Is he going to have the recovery speed? You know, ran a 701 three-cone drill. Is he going to be you know, be stiff? Is he someone who you're going to have to ultimately move to, cor- uh, to safety? Um, you know, that he's, you know... Uh, a little bit more concerning than a guy like Isaiah Johnson, you know, who's also at the same height. Xavier Crawford out of, out of Central Michigan, another junior, 5'11", 187 pounds, uh, transfer from Oregon, played one season for the Chippewas there at Central Michigan. Um, you know, had you know came in as a freshman, a redshirt freshman there for the Beavers, 70 tackles, 10 pass breakups, and an interception. Um, you know, only played in five games his sophomore year and then transferred to Central Michigan. Um, you know, another 12 pass breakups there for uh, for the Chippewas. And, and Pro Football Focus noted that, 
Um, you know, just allowed just 15 receptions on 38 targets for just 162 yards and one touchdown. So, you know, pretty decent numbers there. Um, you know, a guy who I think will probably end up lining up in the slot, you know, decent speed, 44840. Um, you know, a, a pretty pretty good athlete. Going with another guy who, you know, was not at, invited to the combine, uh, Brian Peavy. Out of Iowa State, 5'9", 194 pounds. Uh, a guy, you know, 289 tackles in his four years with the Cyclones, 15 and a half tackles for loss. So he does play behind the line of scrimmage. Six interceptions, 38 pass breakups, six forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries. You know, this is a guy, you you know, you better not sleep on him uh, because he's, I think he's a talented player and a guy who is, you know, could end up, he's got starter potential. Um, you know, because he's five nine, you know, he, he might be that third corner, but, uh, again, a guy who knows how to make plays on the football, um, a, a willing tackler. I thought he, you know, he, uh, you know, did a pretty decent job coming downhill, um, uh, playing, playing against the run instinctive guy, uh, good awareness and, uh, you know, just a good football player. I think fourth round feels, feels about right for Brian Peavy. And, uh, I think he's going to surprise people. The flip side you know, I think a guy who I think might be a little overrated is Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson. 6'1", 199 pounds, the junior. Um, you know, and, and this is one of the things that I worry about with some of the Clemson cornerbacks. You know, we talked about Mackenzie Alexander not picking off a pass. Um, you know, I, I look at Trayvon Mullen. You know, he did have four interceptions. Um, you know, in his, his sophomore year, had three of those. And then just a total of seven pass breakups in his career. Didn't see a ton of balls because a lot of them were going over to the other side where A.J. Terrell was. But, uh, you know, there were some throws in front of him. You know, he didn't run a 4 4 6 40 at the combine. So, you know, the, the height, um, you know, running that speed at 6'1 and 199 pounds, you know, is, is something that you want to see. Just a 34 and a half inch vertical leap. So you, you worry about, uh, you know, that, that overall lower body explosiveness. Um, you know, to me, you know, there's one of the things to where, you know, um, the quicker route runners, you know, I thought he had trouble with a lot of guys who would snap off the routes and, you know, we create separation, you know, against Mullen. So I worry about some of the stiffness in his hips, um, you know, but a guy who I think could end up, um, could end up making a roster. I think he'll probably end up getting drafted as high as day two. Um, but you know, I, I just don't see it. Chris Boyd out of Texas, 5'11", 201. You know, this is a guy who, very, very physical corner. And we'll start with that. Um, just three interceptions in his career, got shut out, um, you know, in the inter- interception department in, in 2018 as a, as a senior. Uh, 35 pass breakups. This is a guy who's kind of a boomer bust type of corner. You know, a guy who you'll watch and will be so frustrated with on a couple of plays because he'll get so handsy, arrive at the ball early, get called for, for a penalty, and then he'll make plays on the football. You know, he'll be, you know, diving for, for balls, um, you know, excellent, uh, rec- you know, ability to drive on the football. Ran a four four five at the at, at the combine, six nine four three cone drill. Um, you know, a, a guy who I think um, you know, is pretty explosive. 
uh, when he wants to be. Um, but he needs to, to get the hands, you know, just tie the hands behind his back, if you will. Um, you know, because he, he wants to grab way too often. And uh, a guy who seems to arrive at the ball way too soon. Um, but, you know, Chris Boyd, Kim, you know, if you can clean some of that up, he could possibly be a steal. I think he may fall to round number, you know, to, to the third day, probably early third day, fourth, fifth round range. But a guy who I think can end up being a pretty good corner at the next level. Jawan Williams, 6'4", 213 pounds, the junior, a huge corner for, for the, the Vanderbilt Commodores. Um, and uh, when you look at him, you know, four interceptions in 2018, 13 pass breakups. He was a guy that I wish he would have come back for one more season. You know, yes, he did have 25 pass breakups in his career, but no interceptions until his, his junior year. You know, really started to put things together. Uh, ran just a 4-6-4-40 at the combine, so you wonder, does he have enough speed to play the cornerback position, or is he going to be a guy who's going to have to move over to safety? Same goes for Derek Beatty. Uh, you know, another Kentucky Wildcat, 6'2", 197 pounds, 25 pass breakups, six interceptions in his career. Um, you know, despite the fact that he's 6'2", just 31 and a half inch arms. Um, so he, he lacks some of the length, um, you know, required for the position. You know, his short shuttle ran a 4'3", 1. You know, that's on the on the higher end among the, the corners that we've mentioned to this point. Um, so... You know, I, I think Derek Beatty, ha, again, has some decent ball skills, um, but a guy who I think is ultimately going to um, you know, probably be a fifth, sixth round range if I, you know, I, I had to guess right now. Uh, some other names to mention, Montre Hardage out of Northwestern, 5'11", 190 pounds, a guy who I really think is going to end up being a safety at the next level. Um, how about Corey Ballantyne uh, out of Washburn, 5'11", 196 pounds, ran a 4'4", 40 at the combine, 39.5-inch vertical leap, a guy who I think is a pretty darn good athlete and uh, showed up pretty well at the uh, at the Senior Bowl as well. You know, that, that level of competition, you always worry about whether or not they can make the leap, and I thought he did, you know, did hold his own. Um, so that, that's, you know, looking at the cornerback position, that's really, you know, some of the guys to really take note of. Um, you know, I think Derek Thomas, a 6'3 corner there at Baylor, ran a 4'4", 440 at the combine, um, just bench pressed 225 just eight times. Um, so not the most physical guy, but, you know, a guy who can run. Um, I think because of that speed, he'll probably end up getting uh, getting drafted. Another guy to keep an eye on, Hamp Cheevers out of Boston College, an undersized guy, 5'9", 169 pounds, 45240. Uh, or he had seven interceptions to lead the FBS, um, but a guy who's who, very aggressive and another guy who's going to, you know, when he guesses right and when he gets after the ball, um, he's going to make a play and potentially return it to the house. The issue for him is he also gets burned because of that aggressiveness, falls for double moves, and uh, you know that's one of the things. It, it, when he's when he's right, when he's able to drive on the football, and make a play, he, he's you know that's why he had seven interceptions. But he's also a guy who all, I think also got burned quite a bit there for for Boston College. Um, so he's a guy I think will get drafted because of those ball skills. But I think of a guy like Zach Sanchez who just seemed to get beat. You know, he make a lot of plays on the football, but got beat a lot too. So those are, are, are the corners. 
um, here in the draft. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that there was one safety who can end up being a corner, and uh, that's Marvell Tell out of USC. Uh, Marvell Tell, you know, a decent athlete, uh, 6'2", 198 pounds, and, you know, a guy who I thought, you know, could cover pretty pretty well. They're, they're talking about him possibly moving over to the cornerback position. Um, you know, I, I thought just average instincts playing over the top. Um, you know, did you know he was solid coming downhill to to make tackles um, in space, but uh, you know uh, again the the some of the range and just you know, the way that he played out there in space, I thought he did a better job lining up and and covering um, you know covering people, especially in the slot. You know, five interceptions, thirteen pass breakups in his career at the safety position, um, two hundred twenty tackles in his career as well. Um, I think cornerback is uh is in his future so i'd have to agree with the assessment that that people have to this point um i think they mentioned it quite a few times during the the combine coverage uh there on the nfl network so we've talked about the corners let's talk about the safety position safeties going back a few drafts you know, and we look at you know safeties taken in the, in round number one. Uh, the last time we didn't have a safety taken in round number one was 2011. We had just three corners taken: Patrick Peterson, Prince Mukamara, Jimmy Smith. Nobody taken in, in that draft. Uh, but since then, we've had um, you know at, at least one. You know, there there's only one draft with one, and that was in 2015. Um, when Demarius Randall was drafted, Byron Jones is he a safety? Is he a corner? Really ended up playing safety, but at the time he was listed as a corner. So really, just one safety there in 2015. But other than that, you know, um, 2012 you had Mark Barrett and Harrison Smith. In, in 2013 you had uh, Kenny Vaccaro, Eric Reed, Matt Elam. Uh, 2014, you had four safeties taken with Calvin Pryor, HaHa Clinton Dix, Dale Buchanan, and Jimmy Ward out of Northern Illinois. Uh, Northern Illinois. Um, you know, 2016, Carl Joseph, you know, a surprise pick there. Um, you know, in the top half of the first round, Keanu Neal going to the Falcons. 2017, yeah, you had Jamal Adams, you had Malik Hooker, Jabril Peppers. Uh, so that definitely made sense. And then in 2018, Mika Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, we knew they were going to be coming off the board. Um, I, I thought that they came off the board a little little later than everyone was expecting. And then Terrell Edmonds, you know, was the third corner taken. So when you look at that, um, you know, that group, you know, again, you know, safeties, you know, some of those guys I thought got drafted higher than they probably should have. They were probably day two guys. But, you know, when I look at this year's draft class, there are a couple of guys who could absolutely be um, taken in the first round. You know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, Gardner I think he has a chance to, as does Nasir Adderley, uh, Taylor Rapp, um, potentially, uh, you know, Darnell Savage, um, even Jonathan Abram. But the thing with it is, with all of these guys that I've mentioned, is every single one of them, um, you know, to me, I think the best value is day two, right there at the second round. I think you could have as many as seven or eight safeties taken in round number two. I just don't see the value in round number one, especially given the the depth at the uh, you know defensive line. All the defensive linemen, you know, there are going to be a lot of guys, especially at the skill position, you know, on, on offense and, uh, you know, in the secondary that are going to fall down in the draft uh, because of that. 
So it'll make for an interesting uh, couple of days there, um, you know, here at the end of the week. So you look at, you know, I'm just looking at the last four drafts. 2015, after Jones and, and Randall, uh, second round, Landon Collins, Jaquiski Tart, fourth round, Clayton Gathers was a nice get, uh, as was fifth round, Adrian Amos uh, out of Northwestern, going there to the Bears. Um, now, you know, free agent pickup. Oh, where the heck did he go? Um, you know, but Amos, you know, was a, was a, a big free agent get uh, this offseason. Sixth round, Quandre Diggs, you know, was Detroit's leading uh, interceptor this past season. Uh, in 2016, in addition to Joseph and Neal, you had Sean Davis, you had Von Bell going in round two. Kevin Byard, um, you know, a guy who I thought, you know, should have gotten more uh, consideration for um, a, a Pro Bowl this year. And then uh, fourth round, Eric Murray, you know, who uh, was playing with the Chiefs, now in uh, in Cleveland, has a chance to start there for um, for the Browns. Adrian Amos, Packers. That's where Adrian Amos went. Um, nice pickup there for, uh, for Green Bay. Uh, 2017, you know, the studs there at the top of the draft, you know, with Adams, Hooker, and Peppers. But it didn't stop there. Buda Baker, Marcus May. Marcus Williams, Justin Evans, all taken in round number two. John Johnson getting playing time there for the Rams as a starter in uh, round number three. Round four, you had Eddie Jackson. Round six, Cowboys got a steal with Xavier Woods out of Louisiana Tech. Uh, and then 2014, um, I'm sorry, 2018, you had Minka, you had Derwin. Uh, Jesse Bates taken in round number two out of Wake Forest going to Cincinnati. Uh, Justin Reed was a steal in round number three from Stanford. Tracy Walker, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, and uh, Ronnie Harrison from Alabama all going in round number three, all getting playing time. And then Kaiser White from Western, uh, West Virginia has seen the field there for, for the Chargers there uh, coming off the board in round four. So, uh, again, when you look at that safety position, there are guys that could potentially fall in the draft that uh, can still make plays out there on the football field, and it just depends on the fit. You know who's going to be the right fit and where they're going to go. My number one safety is Chauncey Gardner Johnson. You know, five eleven, two hundred ten pounds out of Florida. You know, the junior. Um, you know, Pro Football Focus noted that he had you know twenty two coverage stops this past season to lead all players in the secondary. Um, a forty five point four. Rating there. Um, it's a possession rating and uh, you know, let's see 15 total stops according to pro football focus. Uh, when you look at the stat mine, um, 161 tackles in his three seasons with the Gators, 15 and a half for loss, including nine a season ago, also had three sacks. Um, so a, a guy who can play well in the box can be a hybrid linebacker at times, nine interceptions, 12 pass breakups, you know, of those nine, um, interceptions, three of them, he took to the house average 31.8 yards per uh, interception return. Uh, and this guy was the quarterback of the defense. You know, he was the guy that was putting guys, you know, really aligning them in that secondary. Um, so again, the versatility, a guy who, you know, understood, um, you know, really virtually every spot there in the secondary, which is why he was able to put guys into the right position to make plays. Um, you know, I thought that um, he could play in the box. He can play around the line of scrimmage against the run. He can cover in the slot. He can also cover against running backs and tight ends. Uh, decent range over the top as well. Instinctive, physical, and a chance to start right away. Um, 
you know, I, I think the Bucks will be a nice, nice fit for him. Um, Nasir Adderley out of Delaware is another guy, um, you know, with tremendous ball skills and, you know, a, a guy, you know, playing in Delaware. I think he really took advantage of the fact that his, his athleticism, he was able to make plays over the top and, uh, you know, he was able to recover um, because he was, you know, that drop in uh, in talent at the FCS level. You saw him get exposed at times with throws over the top in the Senior Bowl. Um, but look, you know, at the same time, when you talk about him, the the the, the ball skills are absolutely evident. Um, you know, he's absolute an absolute ball hawk. Eleven interceptions, twelve pass breakups in his four years with the Blue Hens. Uh, an ability to attack the football while it's in the air. Timing his jump very well. Fluid hips, tremendous range playing over the top, as I said. Um, cover skills are impressive. Pretty smooth through his transitions. Um, you know, I think he can also play corner uh, as a result. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, just two interceptions a season ago and seven total takeaways. I think getting a guy like Nasir Adderley, that ball hawk, uh, would be a nice addition there at the beginning of, beginning of round two. So number three on my list, how about Taylor Rapp out of Washington? A guy in his three seasons with the Huskies, another guy who filled up the stat sheet. You know, um, you know, 168 tackles, you know, just two missed tackles according to Pro Football Focus a season ago. Um, you know, eight and a half total tackles for loss, six sacks. So he does a pretty good job uh, rushing the passer, times his blitzes very well. Seven interceptions, including four as a true freshman. Um, so you know, pretty good ball skills. Um, you know, six pass breakups, two forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, a guy who I think, um, you know, is going to give a defense, um, you know, some versatility, a guy who, you know, really you can line him up all over the field and take advantage of some of the mismatches that he could present. You know, I think he can play in the box as an extra linebacker, can cover tight ends and coverage. Um, one of the better blitzers again, as I, as I mentioned, and, uh, excellent against the run. Excellent open field tackler. Always puts himself in a position to make a play on the football. Uh, processes the play quickly. Very quick to react once he arrives at the football. Not only under control, but comes with some bad intentions, looking to deliver a big hit. Um, you know, and when you look at uh, you know what he did, he ran a three nine nine short shuttle, which was the fastest among safeties at the combine since twenty sixteen. You know, I, I think he needs to be smart about being, you know, his his physic, physicality, because um, he does uh, take quite a bit of punishment. Um, and then that average uh, lateral agility, um, getting the ball carriers on the sideline. I think you know he he arrives, but you know it's it's a, a few yards downfield, um, so that's a, a bit of a concern. But uh, overall, Taylor Rapp, a pretty pretty nice prospect. Um, you know, I had him in the first round at one point, um, but I think he's a day two guy. Um, I think he'd be a pretty good uh, second round pick. Darnell Savage of Maryland, 5'11", 198 pounds. Um, another guy who flies around, ran a 4'3", at the combine. So very explosive athlete, uh, 39 and a half inch vertical leap. He's a three-year starter. Um, you know, playmaker for the Terps. Ball skills evident, having picked off eight passes and broke up another 13 in his career. Um, two of those interceptions he took back to the house, by the way, instinctive safety, good route recognition, 
Um, and that four, uh, sub 4-4 four, four speed allows him to drive quickly on the football to make a play. Fluid hips to turn and run with the receiver. Likes to play in coverage, um, you know, which would allow him to line up in the slot at the next level as well. Diagnoses the run plays early. Um, and then has that burst knife through the gaps, you know, runs that alley really well and uh, avoid blockers before wrapping up in the open field. Um, I think his play against the run will also allow him to play in the box as an additional linebacker. So when we're talking about guys who can be that hybrid linebacker safety, Darnell Savage, I think, you know, even though he is 5'11", is the guy that can definitely do that. As would Mississippi State's Jonathan Abram, 5'11", 205, Started his career at Georgia, went the JUCO route, came to Mississippi State, and uh, you know has been kind of a heat-seeking missile back there for them. 14 tackles for loss, five sacks, so he knows how to get home there. You know, basically a straight-line runner. You know, ran a 4-4-5 at the combine. Known for the hits, he's a heat-seeking missile out there. Very ferocious hitter, uh, blows guys up, and I think his his physical presence um, makes receivers think twice when they come into his area, especially over the middle. You know, I thought that he did a great job playing around the box or in the box as an extra linebacker. I think he showed some decent cover skills as a nickelback. Very decisive against the run. Plays well sideline to sideline against the run and uh, shows excellent pursuit speed. Uh, pretty sure open tackler. Um, but the thing is, is he, he's not a free safety. He's not a guy who's going to be playing as a single high, um, you know, playing over the top. I thought that he was a step slow. Um, you know, I thought that the lateral is lateral agility, you know, was, was questionable at times. And, uh, you know, he, he's someone, you know, the ball skills need work. Um, just, you know, five pass breakups in each of the last two seasons, um, hadn't picked off a pass in his career until his senior season did pick off two. Um, but, uh, a guy who I think can end up being, um, a, a solid, solid pick there at, at strong safety. Amani Hooker out of Iowa, 5'11", 210-pound junior. Um, surprising athleticism. I, I wasn't expecting him to run a 4'4'8". This is another guy who was that hybrid linebacker safety combo. Played in just 12 games coming into his junior season, but uh, you know, was the Big 12 uh, defensive back of the year. Uh, posted 65 tackles, 3.5 for loss, 1 sack, 4 interceptions, 7 pass breakups. Instinctive, diagnosis plays quickly, good ball skills. Um, has some stiffness in his hips, not going to lie there. But, uh, you know, he was a lot more explosive at the combine than I think anyone was expecting. Ran a 6-8-1 second three-cone drill, which was second fastest among the the safeties. Also would have put him among the top five in the the corners. Um, I think that high football IQ is going to get him on the field early. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm looking at a team like Dallas. You got Xavier Woods. You know, you pair him with Imani Hooker. And I think you got something. Number seven. Uh, is, is Juan Thornhill out of Virginia, six foot two oh five, a guy who played safety and corner for the the Cavaliers, um, tremendous athlete, ran a four four two forty at the combine, forty four inch vertical leap, which is absolutely insane, um, and then a hundred forty one inch broad jump. That's basically eleven and three quarters inches, or I'm sorry, eleven and three quarter feet. Um, just a guy who, um, you know, tremendous tremendous athlete. Um, you know, 208 tackles in his career, including 98 his senior season, 12 tackles for loss, 13 interceptions. 
So, you know, after three as a sophomore, just continue building four as a junior, six as a senior, 26 pass breakups. I think seven might be a little low for this guy. Um, you know, the, the ball skills, you know, are again, are evident. You know, he's very aggressive um, at the catch point to contest passes, um, instinctive, drives quickly on the football to undercut routes, um, has the hips and foot speed required to cover receivers in the slot. Um, so to me, that versatility, he's the guy that can move up draft boards. And, you know, I look at a guy like Jonathan Abram, who's kind of more of a guy who's going to play in the box and be that, that strong safety. Whereas a guy like, um, Juan Thornhill, who has the versatility to cover and also be a safety. I think, you know, I, I look at Juan Thornhill. I actually think Carolina would be a great fit. You know, you look at Eric Eric Reed playing there at strong uh, strong safety. You play uh, Juan Thornhill there at, at at the free safety. Allow him to roam a little bit there on the back end. Line up in the slot when uh, when need be, and uh, you know that I, that makes a lot of sense to me. Number eight is Deontay Thompson out of Alabama, six one, one hundred ninety five pound, the junior. Um, you know, played behind Mika Fitzpatrick. Was asked to you know take over the starting job as a junior in 2018. And uh, this was a guy who really burst onto the, onto the scene, you know, a guy playing over the top, like a madman early on in the season, had two interceptions, six pass breakups in, uh, in the season overall, three forced fumbles as well to go with 78 tackles and three and a half tackles for loss. But here's, here's the thing with Deontay Thompson. Um, he was exposed. You know, I, I, I think, you know, uh, another season with the Crimson, Crimson Tide probably would have uh, benefited him. I think he's probably going to be similar to, to Ronnie Harrison. I think he's going to be a third-round pick. Uh, I think he'll be a nice piece for, for a team. But I, I just, I don't see the, um, you know, I, I thought that, you know, he got, he, he got fooled at times. A lot of false steps, um, you know, got caught with his eyes in the backfield. Um, you know, he's at his best when he's able to, um, roam freely as a center fielder, you know, and if you ask him to do anything other than that, I think that's where, you know, I think he still needs some time to develop. Um, I think third round, you know, a lot of times people were talking about him possibly in the first round. And a lot of that was due to a lot of what he did on the field early on. But I think, you know, there's late season struggles, teams started picking on him when teams were finding some effectiveness. They were throwing the ball over the top. Arkansas put up 31 points on Alabama and, uh, you know, Deontay Thompson, part of that secondary that was getting exposed. Let's see. Number nine. How about Marquise Blair? Out of Utah, 6'1", 195, played in just eight games as a junior, but came out as a, as a senior, um, 59 tackles, a couple of interceptions, a couple of pass breakups, uh, Fort ran a 4'4", 8'40", very physical defender. Um, you know, I, I think his best football is as yet to come. Um, you know, I, I think the athleticism and his ability to, to cover um, you know, whether it's on the slot or really on the outside, I think it's what's going to make him valuable at the next level. Will Harris out of Boston College, 6'1", 207. Very physical guy um, on the back end. Um, over 200 tackles in his career. Uh, seven and a half tackles for loss, including five and a half as a junior. Five interceptions, seven pass breakups, six fumble recoveries. They ran a 4-4-140 at the combine. 36 and a half inch vertical leap. Um I look at Will Harris. I think he's probably, probably a, uh, probably a fourth or fifth round pick. 
But again, a guy who I thought was pretty physical, was the veteran leader there of that secondary, even though they had Ham Cheevers and uh, Lucas Dennis back there. I thought Will Harris was the guy that um, really was the was the glue for that defense. You know, pretty physical presence back there. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a team captain. And, uh, you know, I, I think fourth round probably feels about right for him. As does USC's Iman Lewis Marshall, 6'1", 207, 4'3", at the Combine. I'm sorry, 4'5", 3 at the Combine. Here's a guy, you know, six interceptions, 36 pass breakups. Never had less than eight pass, uh, pass breakups uh, in his in any one season. Had six interceptions his first two years. Got shut out his final two seasons with the Trojans. Um you know, he's a big physical corner and, uh, you know, a, a guy who I thought did a great job pinning guys to the sideline and really squeezing them, um, you know, up the sideline. I thought he did very well. And, uh, you know, the, the problem with him was he didn't always get his head around to locate the football. Uh, when he did, he could make a play on the ball um, and just didn't trust himself. He didn't trust, uh, trust, trust his feet. He was grabbing guys left and right. A lot of penalties called on him as a result. And, uh, you know, somebody who I think there's some stiffness in the hips and, you know, being able to, um, you know, go, come back for a football, um, you know, or, you know, would get beaten and, you know, lack the recovery speed. And, uh, you know, I, I think for him, he's got the ball skills, you know, a guy that I would love to see um, play uh, on the back end and really allow him to kind of you know roam freely not someone who's really you know um having to cover a guy up the sideline but really allow him to play over the top make plays on the football 36 pass breakups in his career he's doing something right really need to tap into that um you know at the next level now Lucas Dennis uh you know 5'11 190 pounds this is a guy who um, as a junior, had a tremendous season, seven interceptions, 10 pass breakups, 83 tackles, um, but never duplicated that as a senior. Um, I, I thought one of the things for him, he, he liked to throw his shoulder, uh, wasn't really a sure tackler, and you got to have that at the back end. You know, Didn't really wrap up a lot. Um, I, I thought that his senior season, you know, he just didn't look right you know, because he, he just um, didn't have, play with that same swagger, wasn't a guy who was making the right reads. Um, so, you know, and then he runs a 4.6440 at the combine. Um, you know, he did run a 6.89 three cone drill. Um, but, you know, to me, I think he's just average athleticism. Um, you know, the instincts are absolutely there, but um, you know, you, you wonder if, you know, he wasn't able to duplicate what he did there his junior season um in his senior year, and I think, you know, you you have to figure out what tape to trust. Is it the junior junior season or is it the senior season where he managed just one interception and two pass breakups, you know, playing over the top? Um, and again, he's not much of a physical presence and, uh, you know, likes to throw his shoulder and doesn't wrap up. So, you know, a recipe for, you know, potential recipe for disaster there. Very intelligent player is Jaquan Johnson, 5'10", 191 pounds for Miami, uh, back-to-back 90 tackle seasons, uh, 7.5 tackles for loss, 2.5 sacks in his career, 
eight interceptions, seven pass breakups, six forced fumbles. This was a guy who, you know, I, I thought was very opportunistic. You know, a guy who, you know, if a team was, you know, a teammate was standing a guy up, he's going to go in there and rip the football out. If, you know, the Hurricanes needed a big play, he was somebody who was going to come downhill and uh, had a nose for the football and was going to look to try to rip that ball out. Um, does a decent job driving on the ball. Uh, pretty good instincts. You know, does a good job undercutting routes. Um, just an intelligent football player. I think, you know, he's a he's an average athlete, ran a 4.6940 at the combine, some stiffness in the hips, um, but a guy who I think, again, because of that intelligence, um, you know, probably a fifth rounder, um, if I had to guess right now. And I, I talked about when I was looking at the cornerback position, Montre Hardage out of Northwestern, 5'11", 190 pounds, ran a 4.6840 at the combine. And when I think about, you know, you know the the comparisons there. I think Jaquan Johnson, Montre Hardage, um, you know, those are a couple of guys that uh, you know I look at. You know, when you're running in that four seven, you're just under four seven. Um, you know, you you wonder if they're going to have this foot speed to to excel at the next level. But you know, just to kind of use it as a comparison, you know, when we're looking at that safety position. If we were to go back to last year's combine results. And we look at some of the guys, you know, some of the 40 times, um, you know, when you're talking about running in that four, six, nine range, um, you know, that's when you're getting into uh, Quinn Blanding ran a four, six, three, Sean Chandler, four, six, five, Max Redfield ran the slowest at a four, six, nine, um, you know, and that, and that was at the combine. A lot of guys that were running in the, um, you know, four, 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 five range. Um, you know, Troy Apke ran a 4-3-4, wound up getting him drafted in the fourth round. So Zedrick Woods running his 4-2-9. That's, you know, that could potentially be in his future. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it's something when, when you, you look at this draft class, we're going to get back to just a few more players to mention. But, uh, you know, in, in 2018, there were a lot of guys that I mentioned there in the first three rounds and a lot of guys that had pretty good foot speed, you know, pretty good foot speed overall. When you're talking about guys who ran sub sub 4.5, there were eight a season ago, and then guys that ran sub 4.6 add another six to that. So that's 14 players running for sub four six. So if we if we flip you know fast forward ahead one season to uh, you know 2019, and we're talking about that, you know running sub four five, 11 guys, and then after that sub four six, total of 14. So it, it's pretty comparable. When you're looking at that, you know, there were some names, some some guys that really were running some slow times. Mike Bell ran a 4.83, Dakota Dixon a 4.81, Mark McLaurin ran a 4.77, and then, you know, Jaquan Johnson really there on the border. Lucas Dennis running a 4.64, Evan Worthington running a 4.63, Malik Gant 4.63. Uh, so some of the guys that I've been been talking about here and will continue to talk about, um, you're running some of those slower times and, you uh, you know, you wonder how that's going to affect them and their draft stock overall. You know, and again, you know, when you're talking about these numbers, it, it's not going to necessarily impact what they're going to do out on the football field. Not really going to be that crystal ball there. But when you're trying to project where somebody's going to go in the draft, it, it does, you know, come into play a little bit. Now, uh, getting back to the safety position, Ugo Amadi, uh, Amadi Ugo Chukwo, 
Ugo Chukwu uh, Amadi or Ugo, uh, 5'9", 199 pounds, um, you know, was a corner his first three years for the Ducks, converted to safety as a senior, um, you know, and just a model of consistency. You know, nine interceptions, 25 pass breakups, had eight in each of the last uh, two seasons. You know, I think he really found a home there at the corner position, um, you know, four tackles for loss, uh, one and a half sacks, um, four, five, one forty at the combine. So he's one of those smaller safeties, but a guy who I think can, you know, has some cover skills, uh, can line up in the slot. Um, you know, probably a, a sixth round, seventh round, maybe, but a guy, again, you know, when you have the ball skills, you know, they're going to, teams are going to find a way to get you on the field. Um, now Malik Gant, six foot two Oh five ran only that four, six, three forty, as I mentioned, um, but 13 pass breakups in, in two seasons with uh, thundering herd, a guy who I really wanted to see come back for another season, but you know, tremendously productive, 190 tackles in those two seasons, 14 for loss, including nine a season ago, and uh, really a physical presence on the back end of the defense. A guy who, you know, patrols the back end and is going to come up and hit you. Um, you know, and so I think that's really what his game is. It's all about that that power. You know, the, the thing that you worry about, though, again, that four six three. You know, just how stiff are the hips? Ran a four a seven four five three cone drill. Um, so I think he'd be a late day three pick uh, at this point. Uh, Kari Willis out of Michigan State, five eleven, two hundred thirteen pounds. Um, a guy, you look, a veteran safety there for for the Spartans. Played in just 15 games his first two seasons, but you know a two-year starter. Uh, Ten pass breakups, three interceptions. You know during that time, 148 tackles, seven tackles for loss, three sacks. You know a guy who does a little bit of everything. I think he's gonna you know, be probably a fifth or sixth round pick, um, but you know just that veteran presence on the back end um, is gonna be somebody who I think you know teams are gonna be looking at. Um, you want to have a steady player like that on the back end of your defense. Evan Worthington is a 6'2", 212-pound uh, senior out of uh, Colorado, the Buffaloes. Um, played in only nine games this past season. Um, Ten tackles for loss, four interceptions, ten pass breakups, just a 4'6", 3'40", at the combine. Uh, he's somebody who I think could get a, you know, a team might take a flyer on, um, but... Uh, I just don't know if he's going to end up making an NFL roster. Uh, Sheldrick Redwine out of Miami, six foot, 196 pounds, um, decent cover skills. You know, had five interceptions the last two seasons for the Hurricanes, ten pass breakups in his career, uh, four forced fumbles. Um, you know, pretty good range, and and you know, ran a four 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 forty at the combine, uh, 39 inch vertical leap. I really think. Um, you know, because Jaquan Johnson was the guy that was making more of the plays. I thought was the intelligent guy. This guy was a better athlete, um, but you know, I, I didn't think he was um, you know as consistent. Um, that said, that being said, I think he he does cover pretty well, and uh, you know, I, I think again he he might get drafted higher than what I would project him. I think probably he's about a fifth or sixth rounder right now, um, but he could slide up into uh, the fourth round range, especially with that that forty time. Mike Edwards out of Kentucky, 5'10", 205 pounds, um, didn't run at the combine, but ran still ran a 4'5 at his pro day, 37-inch uh, 37 vertical leap as well, um, you know, and a guy who could play in the box, and he did that quite a bit for Kentucky, could drop into coverage a little bit, 
317 tackles, including 100 as a sophomore, 21 tackles for loss, 10 interceptions, 23 pass breakups. You know, you can't really argue with the production. You really can't argue, uh, you know, he's a pretty decent athlete overall as well. Um, So I think when you look at, at a guy like, like, like Mike Edwards, you know, 510, 205, um, you know, I, I think, you know, he's probably going to be in that third, fourth round range. You know, I, I really think he, he should uh, come off the board right around there. I mean, a guy, again, you know, he's versatile enough to play in the box. You know, it can make plays behind the line of scrimmage and then also has, um, you know, pretty good ball skills over the top. And then the last guy, kind of saving him for last, uh, not only because his name starts with a W, uh, but one of my favorite guys, uh, you know, you had the, the flowing blonde hair out of the back of the helmet. That's Andrew Wingard, um, six foot, 209 pounds, playing for the Wyoming Cowboys. Uh, three straight seasons of 100 plus tackles uh, in his first three seasons there. And, uh, you know, ended up with 87 as a senior. I know he slacked off, had some senioritis apparently you know, with the tackles. Um, but uh, no, nah, you know, this was a guy just, you know, incredibly instinctive, flew around to the football, 25 tackles for loss, four sacks. And, uh, you know, a, a guy who you know, was pretty smart getting after the football too. 10 interceptions in his career, eight pass breakups, five forced fumbles, knew what to do when he got to the football, um, ran a, a four, five, six, 40 at the combine. So a lot faster than, um, you know, people would really give him credit for it. A guy who played sideline to sideline, and uh, you know, it was one of those things to where you, you he's much more athletic than you would expect. You know, he's he's definitely a high motor guy. Comes you know comes to work, comes to play every single day. A blue collar type of guy, but he just he was always over the you know all over the field making plays. You know, and he was he forced you to take notice. He forced you to talk about him. Um, you know, kind of hard to forget because of the the hair. But uh, to me, I, I think he has a chance to make an NFL roster. I think he's probably going to be a special teams guy um, before he make any uh, make an impact on the defensive side of the football. But again, a guy who I think can make an NFL roster and uh, you know could potentially start down the road. Um, he's probably going to be a late round pick, but uh, tremendously productive again for for Wyoming. And when you're looking at guys at the safety position, you know guys that can can do a lot of different things and be productive. You know that's really what you what you want to see out of some of your safeties. And so um, I think Andrew Wingard is the guy that uh, you know could be one of those sleepers late in the draft. We'll see. So those are our secondary players. Again, you know, I think the corners, you know, we're we're not seeing a ton of uh, talent on the front end, you know, of the draft. Um, you know, I, I think what you're looking at is probably three corners taken in round number one, and probably just uh, seven, eight, possibly nine corners taken in the first two days of the draft. I think what you're really going to see is a lot of corners that are going to come off the board in the fourth and fifth round range. Um, so not a, a very you know deep you know the, the real value is going to be the fourth and fifth round um, for the corners not deep at the top now the safeties you turn that on its head just a little bit and I think the safeties you got a lot of guys that are sitting in that second through fourth round range could you see somebody jump into round one yeah it's possible but uh, when I'm looking at this this draft class I just I don't see a guy that screams first round pick this is a guy that I gotta have in round number one you know I, I think even the year where we had like Keanu Neal a lot of people talking about him going off the board in round number one um, 
when he did um, go in, in 2016. Carl Joseph was another guy that people were talking about possibly going in round number one. Um, but I, I look at the guys that have gone off the board in the last two uh, two drafts. Jamal Adams, Malik Hooker, Jabril Peppers, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, Derwin James. Those were guys that we were talking about we knew were going to be first rounders. There's nobody in this year's draft that you can look at and say, this guy's a bona fide, absolute lock to be a first round pick. Now, Terrell Edmonds snuck in. I thought that that was going to be uh, Justin Reed going to the Steelers. It wound up being Terrell Edmonds. Got the position right, but I didn't get the player. Um, you know, so... There, there are about four guys that I think could potentially, you know, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I think the most complete safety will make the most sense of anybody that's going to be going uh, in round number one. Nasir Adderley, the ball skills, the ball hawk, um, ability to make plays on the football um, is definitely something that you want to to have on the back end of your defense. Uh, Taylor Rapp, the versatility, playing in the box as an extra defender. Um, I think he has an outside chance at the first round, as does Darnell Savage. Um, a guy who who can fly around to the football. And then even Jonathan Abram, um, you know, I've seen people potentially even mocking him in round number one. I don't see that happening. I had him, uh, you know, for a brief period going number 26 to the Colts. Um, also had Taylor Rapp going 26 to the Colts and then ultimately uh, backed off of that. I think Jonathan Abram could potentially, or Rapp, um, could potentially go there to the Colts there at the top end of, of uh, the second round. I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, um, you know, the best fit, you know, for me, I, I'm looking at Tampa Bay, and I think that just, it feels right. Play him next to to Justin Evans, allow him to play in the slot a little bit. Um, I, I think that would be a nice, nice pickup there um, for Todd Bowles and and his his defense, a guy, um, you know, that, can play that that hybrid position a little bit for him. You know, you already have Dale Buchanan. You know, this is another guy that can kind of play that that same same type of role. So there you have it, the rapid fire podcasts for the positional breakdowns, bringing you my top ten by position, the sleepers, the third the the day three guys, some guys that I thought were overrated, some guys to keep an eye on, um, some late guys that. Uh, you know what, you know, my teams might take a chance on. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that was a lot of fun. You know, I think we covered a couple hundred, a couple hundred players when it was all said and done. And we got to, got to do that in, uh, what, about a week, less than a week, possibly. Um, so a lot, lot to cover, but, uh, again, rapid fire, tons of fun. Hope you enjoyed, uh, listening to all the podcasts, uh, breaking all the players down. Um, Got one more, one more podcast. We just have a couple of days before the draft, and I want to make sure that I get my final mock draft released. So, you know, coming down to the wire, still trying to debate where things are. I don't have any inside sources. I don't have anybody that I can call up and say, hey, who's going to be going where? You know, what are you hearing? I don't have the sources. This is really me just kind of looking at, at team needs, looking at the players, who's going to be the best fit where, uh, in my opinion, and then ultimately making that projection projection based on that. Um, you know, I, again, I, I try to put in as much work as possible over 250 games throughout the college football season. So I already have a pretty good idea of who these players are. And then when NFL, you know, end of the season comes calling, you're looking at the team needs, you look at free agency and what that does, and then who's going to fit in those holes. You know, what what do teams need? Where are they going to fit? You know, a guy like Ed Oliver, you kind of bounced him around a little bit. You know, at one point I didn't have him going to 
um, you know, to the Bucks, and you know, I thought, you know what, he's definitely not going to be um, in a three-four defense. He's absolutely a, a three technique. Well, you know, you look at it, you know, especially the Giants and James Betcher, uh, James Betcher's three-four uh, defense. You look at a guy like Olson Pierre, you know, at two hundred ninety-three pounds, was brought in, um, and. Uh, you know, made some plays as, as you know, sacking the quarterback. I think he had five and a half sacks uh, this past season. And uh, when you're looking at some of those guys, Ed Oliver could be a, the same type of a player for the Giants. You know, I, I think you know the Raiders and what they're going to be doing. Quinn and Williams at number four. You know, you get that interior pass rusher. And then you go with with an edge rusher after that. I think that makes a ton of sense. If, if Quentin Williams is on the board, I think Mike Mayock gets his guy there. Then you look at potentially getting a guy like Cleveland Furl there at number 24. You get Noah Fan at number 27. You get Josh Jacobs at the top of round two. And, you know, if I'm John Gruden, I'd be very happy with Mike Mayock to, to have that type of a haul. Arizona has 10 picks in the first round. So if they don't go... Uh, Kyler Murray, they hang on to Josh Rosen. Can you repair what's already been done out there in the media? Unless Josh Rosen was already in on all of this, um, you know, as part of the the the, the, the talk, it, it's going to be kind of difficult to repair. But if ultimately you don't go Kyler Murray, you do go with uh, with an edge rusher. You know, I, I think Joey Bosa is the guy. Vance Joseph did take Bradley Chubb, who was a defensive end. Uh, at NC State to pair up with Vaughn Miller was able to do so pretty seamlessly. Um, so Nick Nick uh, Bosa potentially going there to team with with Chandler Jones could make some sense. Uh, Greg Williams sitting there with the Jets. Some talking about possibly getting uh, Ed Oliver to play there with with Leonard Williams on the inside. I just don't see it. You know, I I thought Quinton Williams, if anyone was going to make the most sense there for the Jets, they need an outside pass rusher. And and Josh Allen, I don't I don't understand why he's not getting the respect. I think he's a very you know a complete. Uh, edge rusher, a guy who can drop into coverage. He, you know, is explosive off the edge. 17 sacks his senior season can drop, you know, again, that dropping into coverage, you know, um, as a, an outside linebacker, you know, is going to be, you know, uh, make him a versatile weapon and somebody who, you know what, just when you think he's rushing off the edge, he's going to drop into coverage, drop into a passing lane and pick off a few passes along the way. Uh, so it's really going to be interesting. Do the Jags go offensive line? Do they go tight end? Where does T.J. Hawkinson go? Because the Lions, the Bills, Denver, the Packers—they all need tight ends. Do they, t- you know, do they take T.J. Hawkinson or does he fall all the way to say 19, where the Tennessee Titans? are going to need a, a successor for uh, Delaney Walker, who's coming off that uh, that gruesome ankle injury. You know, and, and at 34, 35 years of age, is he going to be able to bounce back? You know, that's going to be a huge question mark. And what's crazy, as well as, is my Achilles injury. Saturday, it'll be exactly four months. You know, December 27th, 2018, when I tore my Achilles. And, uh, you know, I'm getting back. I still have, you know, no boot or anything like that. That's been gone for weeks. But uh, the biggest thing is that, you know, the lack of explosiveness. You know, um, know, I'm really, the biggest thing is, is um, the, 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 the strength of my calf. 
you know, really getting up on my toes. Um, that's really where the biggest issue is. When you watch me walk, you know, my gait's a little off because I can't get up on my toes quite quite enough, really get that, that toe roll. Um, so kind of walking in a bucket a little bit. And uh, you know, that's still something that I need to work on here four months out. Luckily, I didn't have to have surgery. Um, but uh, it's one of those things I think about myself and where I'm at. And I look at a guy like Delaney Walker, you know, some of these other guys that are, you know, the older veterans and are they able to bounce back? How quickly can they bounce back versus some of these younger guys? Um, you know, Brandon Brooks there in, in, uh, in Philly, he tore his Achilles and uh, after six weeks, he was already using the ropes uh, with a boot on his foot. Um, so, you know, the younger guys can bounce back a heck of a lot quicker than the older guys. Um, and so that's one of the things, um, you know, when you're in your mid to late thirties, you know, you have to, you know, you're more than likely going to lose a step. And, you know, I talk about that because I look at a team like the Titans. You have Delaney Walker sitting there on your roster. Even if TJ Hawkinson comes off the board in the top 10 or 15 picks, do you then take Noah Fant? Or do you wait, sit there, and then on, on day two, potentially take a guy like Dawson Knox, Jay Sternberger, or Kahali Waring? Kahali Waring just feels like a Patriot pick, by the way. Um, you know, he, he's just a guy who I think is going to continue to develop. Just one uh, one year of high school football was a water polo player, I think. Put on a you know a bunch of bunch of weight there at San Diego State, and uh, you know a guy who you know he showed off pretty well at the at the combine, showed some pretty good hands. Um, but I could sit here and, and talk for hours about the draft. And talking about the the draft prospects, all the different guys, all the different stories. That's what's so much fun about the draft is you've got all these kids, and especially when you've watched you know so much college football as I have, you really get to know a lot of the you know the, the kids' stories and where they've come from, and guys who you know the surprises, the guys who you know that that aren't the the, the the first round picks, the guys who are going to really work at it, and guys who ultimately at the end of the day, when you you know when we talked about guys, Adrian Amos, you know got a big contract with the green with the Green Bay Packers. He was a fifth round pick, you know, and, and so a lot of these guys aren't going to be uh, date you know um, drafted in the first round. You know, you only have thirty two guys that get drafted in the in, in uh, round number one, and uh, you know that's one of the things when you look at at this year's draft, um, you know, what's going to happen, defensive side of the ball, just how many defensive players are going to be taken. Do you have more than three quarterbacks taken in round number one? You know how I feel about Daniel Jones. I think everyone's sleeping on Will Greer, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, that's, again, what makes the draft so much fun is you really don't know until the commissioner reads that card at the podium. You, know, you can speculate all you want, but until that actually happens, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, again, I've I've seen over 250 college football games in each of the last four or five seasons. Got to know a lot of these guys, you know, and, and how they play, and uh, where I think they fit. Um, so, will they necessarily go where I have them projected? No, but I think it's where they should be going. I think that's where the best value is, and I think that's where the best need or where the best you know the best fit would be. You know, I think the likelihood of Daniel Jones going in round number one, uh, it's probably going to happen. 
Do I think it should happen? No. I look at Daniel Jones and I feel like he's more Christian Ponder than Peyton Manning. We all know what happened with Christian Ponder there when he went to, went to the Vikings in the top half of the first round. You know, I worry about this year's draft class and, and you know teams reaching for quarterbacks. We know what happens when you reach for a quarterback. You get E.J. Manuel, uh, Blaine Gabbert, Jake Locker, Christian Ponder. You, know, you don't want to be the, that team that sets yourself back a few more years when you end up picking guys in the first round uh, because you want to get a quarterback too soon, too quickly. That's why I think Zach Taylor is going to be patient. He's got Andy Dalton. He's got a, a starter there on the roster. Same thing with Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden. Unless they can get Kyler Murray, keep Derek Carr at least for another season. You know, I, I think the teams that need a quarterback, you know, the Giants – um, need to find somebody for Eli. Eli's in the last year of his contract. The Dolphins, obviously, with Ryan Tannehill no longer on the roster, you got Fitzmagic in there, but you need a quarterback. I think the Redskins are another team that absolutely need a quarterback. And I'm looking at Arizona. Do they absolutely need a quarterback? No, they've got Josh Rosen on the roster. But at the same time, when you bring in a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, um, Josh Rosen doesn't fit that narrative there for, for, for Cliff Kingsbury. You know, um, you know, he's not the, the ideal fit. You know, the ideal fit is a guy like Kyler Murray who played under Lincoln Riley, who like Cliff Kingsbury is a disciple of Mike Leach. It just, everything fits together. And when you bring in the quarterback, yes, you know, Josh Rosen, you invested a lot. You thought highly enough of him to be a top 10 pick, but that was part of Steve Wilkes and his coaching staff and what was fitting for them. You know, the quarterbacks, it's all about fit. It's all about what feels right for a team. And what feels right is Kyler Murray for Arizona. You know, we'll find out, you know, on uh, you know, prime time there on, on Thursday. But, you know, that makes the most sense to me. And I think the 49ers are sitting there waiting to be able to take Nick Bosa. And really their, their backup option is Quinton Williams. Um, you know, I think a lot of that, you know, talk about Quinn and Williams, though, and the fact that they were so enamored with him, I thought was really a smokescreen. Because, man, if you compare Nick Bosa with D. Ford on the outside, with Solomon Thomas and uh, DeForest Buckner on the inside, I really think you got something there. That's a pretty formidable front four. So, one final podcast to bring my mock draft to you. I've got a lot to think about here over the next day or so as I put together my, my final mock draft that I will be releasing out onto the website before uh, before the draft. And, uh, you know, I'll see if I can get it out on uh, on Wednesday uh, before in advance of the draft on Thursday. So got a lot to work on. Got a couple of days to do so. But, uh, you know, there's some definite things to think about. Um, you know, and what, what's crazy is, is this was a defensive draft. Everyone talking about it being a defensive draft. So many players at the defensive end uh, and edge rusher and, and the defensive tackle positions. And here we are talking about the quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones. Um, people forgetting to talk about Will Greer. Um, it, it's an interesting, you know, interesting thing that, that you know, the, the narratives. But uh, on draft day, um, you know, that's been the narrative leading up to the draft on draft day. That's the narrative that I, I want to find out. What's the narrative going to be, um, you know, on, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, and we'll have, um, a, a couple of recap shows kind of breaking down some of the players. We'll talk about what that narrative really looks like. And, uh, we really won't know what that true narrative is until everything unfolds. 
Last year was about all the different quarterbacks, where everyone was going, and Baker Mayfield. I've been able to say this for the last year because I was talking about it on every single one of my podcasts. If John Dorsey wanted to change the losing culture in Cleveland, you take Baker Mayfield. And you know that rang true there. I think with the Cardinals, I think it would be a mistake not to take Kyler Murray because he's the one that fits who you have there at head coach. You know, maybe Rosen was the right fit for for Steve Wilkes, but again, Kyler Murray is the best fit for Cliff Kingsbury's offense. And at, at the end of the day, you're running Cliff Kingsbury's offense, not an offense you know under Steve Wilkes. And you know, trying to fit a, a square square peg into a into a round hole, it's not going to happen. You know, don't force it. You know, and I, I think that's ultimately at the end of the day, Steve Kime. You know, there's a lot of different uh, smoke screens, uh, misinformation potentially being released uh, about that position. Uh, at the end of the day, Arizona, number one, take Kyler Murray. Makes the most sense. You see what Baker Mayfield, you saw what the Heisman Trophy did there in Cleveland. Arizona, they're going to welcome Kyler Murray. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a pretty good fit. He's not as polarizing as Baker Mayfield. Doesn't have that galvanizing personality. But what Kyler Murray does have is that ice water in his veins. A guy who doesn't buckle under pressure. That was the same thing that Baker Mayfield had when he was standing there in the pocket. Pressure in his face. Cool, calm, collected. Same goes for Kyler Murray. Oklahoma, back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners. Oklahoma, back-to-back number one overall picks. With that said, we'll go ahead and call it a call it a podcast. And stay tuned to tomorrow where I release my final podcast, my final mock draft in advance of the draft. I hope you've enjoyed everything for readyforthedraft.com. This is the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am Greg Schutz. And until tomorrow, I am out of here. Take care, everyone.